Thanks for tuning in to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring health leaders. Hey, I want to personally invite you to our first inaugural Healthcare Thinkathon. It's a conference at the Outcomes Rocket and the IU Center for Health Innovation and Implementation Sciences has teamed up on. We're going to put together silo-crushing practices just like we do here on the podcast, except it's going to be live. With inspiring keynotes and panelists to set the tone, we're conducting a meeting where you could be part of drafting the blueprint for the future of healthcare. That's right. You could be a founding member of this group of talented industry and practitioner leaders. Join me and 200 other inspiring health leaders for the first inaugural Healthcare Thinkathon. It's an event that you're not going to want to miss. And since there's only 200 tickets available, you're going to want to act soon. So how do you learn more? Just go to outcomesrocket.health/conference. For more details on how to attend, that's outcomesrocket.health/conference, and you'll be able to get all the info that you need on this amazing healthcare thinkathon. That's outcomesrocket.health/conference. Welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring health leaders. I want to thank you. And I welcome you to go to outcomesrocket.health/reviews to rate and review today's podcast because she is an outstanding contributor to health. My distinguished guest today, her name is Lori McLean. She's vice president of Meducation with First Data Bank. For the last twenty years, Lori has been building businesses internationally across high tech healthcare, and cloud solutions. Her proven track record of driving growth and peak performance spans startup and mature environments. Most recently as CEO, Lori led healthcare software startup Polyglot from an investment roadshow through to exit, providing significant shareholder return with the acquisition of Polyglot by First Data Bank, where she is now, she continues to provide leadership in developing and delivering solutions to improve medication adherence and health outcomes. Prior to that, Lori built the technology and sales alliance with IBM that spanned 92 countries, led a Nortel Canada team to grow sixfold in three years, and defined and drove the business plan for a successful telecoms joint venture in France. There's no doubt, ladies and gentlemen, that she's a mover and shaker in healthcare. And without further ado, I want to welcome you to the podcast, Lori. Thank you so much, Saul. Thank you very much for uh, inviting me. Absolutely. So, is there anything you want to fill in there that I may have missed from your bio? Nope. I think you covered it. Thank you. Awesome. Good, good. So one of the things that, that I love hearing from our guests is the why. You know, why did you decide to get into healthcare to begin with? Yeah, no kidding. Well, my role leading polyglot or education was, was actually my first foray into healthcare. Prior to that, before 2009, I was always in technology and cloud applications and things like that. But I kind of actually reached a point where I thought, I decided, I decided I wanted what I did to be more meaningful to others. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of poking around and I met the most inspiring team on this, in this company called Polyglot with this uh, really amazing education solution that I'll describe later. There was just no turning back. There was no looking back. There was no turning away. And honestly, since then, you know, working in the healthcare industry where everyone is focused on helping people when they most need help is just, just been energizing on a constant daily basis and fantastic. That's wonderful, Lori. And there's, there's no doubt you can definitely get that, which you search for is, is just giving and helping those in need. So you dove into this new 
company, your first foray in the healthcare and time just zipped right by. What do you think a hot topic that should be on every medical leader's agenda today is and, and how are you guys addressing it? As far as I'm concerned, uh, the topic that should be number one, number two, and number three on everybody's agenda is improving medication adherence. And let me, let me quickly explain why. An amazing number of patients fail to adhere to their medication instructions. And we're just talking about medication instructions, not sort of like medical instructions generally. So medication instructions alone. Yes. It's estimated that about up to 80% of patients make an error taking their medications. Staggering. Up to, yeah. And 60% stop taking their medications before they should. Wow. And overall, this is huge. About half of, half of all patients in the U.S. are non-adherent to their medication instructions. And the consequences are staggering. It really is. Medication non-adherence is the single biggest contributor to avoidable healthcare costs. It's estimated at almost 300, I mean, we've heard some of the stats, 300 billion, that's with a B, dollars in avoidable healthcare spend every year. And medication non-adherence has been associated or is associated with 125,000 deaths per year, 10% of hospitalizations, and almost 23% of nursing home admissions. So if you just think about some of those numbers, think about the cost. And our healthcare system on a per capita basis is not exactly leading the world. Um, and these are the kind of things, it's just this one single issue that is the biggest contributor to avoidable healthcare costs. And one of the, you know, just and one of the biggest contributors to patients being adherent to their medications is just being able to understand their instructions. And yes. so I'll think about that, the instructions you get when you pick up a prescription at the pharmacy. If you've uh, had the pleasure of being in a hospital recently, and the, if you think of that pack of paper that you're given when you leave, these instructions are not useful. They're almost always in English. They're usually written in some kludge of medical jargon and legalese. Yes. Um, and they have more to do with, you know, covering some legal liability than actually helping a patient understand what they must do when they get home. And so what we've done, and uh, it's not just me, it's an amazing team that I work with, but we've developed a software application that produces patient-specific medication and instructions and calendars at fifth grade reading level, more than 20 languages, but designed to reduce medication errors and improve adherence. These aren't static leaflets, things like that. This is your calendar of your medications, you know, what you're supposed to do, morning, noon, evening, bedtime, a little simple grid. This is your instructions, you know, you're taking your biaxin for this reason twice a day and your kid is taking it, you know, once a day for another reason, another form. Uh, these are very, very patient-specific. So we, we integrate this application with your pharmacy or hospital or clinic IT system, and then use the data from the patient's record to automatically create these instructions. And they can be in Swahili, they can be in English, they can be in Russian. Regardless of the language, they'll always be simplified to the fifth to eighth grade reading level. You can raise the thoughts for your you know, elderly patients, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. And they're all created from within uh, by the healthcare provider from within their clinical workflow, so without interrupting what they have to do. And th the point is, is that we, you know, the solution called Meducation has proven to increase medication adherence, improve health outcomes, and, and reduce hospital admission rates. 
And so we're very excited about it. We've got a lot of people using it now, and it's um, it's our contribution to trying to address what I think is what I think is the most important issue in healthcare today. Wow. No, Laurie, that's great. And there's no doubt that you're all in on this project. And and listeners, I, I had a chance to meet with Lori and she showed me how her form looks. Uh, when the form is, is given to the patient, it is just a very simple thing to read and to understand. I recently picked up my grandfather from the hospital. He was getting a pacemaker and the nurse walked me through the instructions. Of, and, and I'll tell you what, my head was spinning, Lori. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, uh, my mom came out of the hospital, and I made mm-hmm. her a little, you know, calendar like this of her education calendar for her. I actually, laminated it and left three That's copies nice. around uh, around her home. But anyhow, she, she, I mean, she. At the end of the day, she ended up in a nursing home because she hadn't mm-hmm. taken her meds properly. So it's not just a language issue. People are sick; they they have diminished cognitive functions. That's you right. Know, they're not. You know, it, it's when we when we speak about our ability to understand these instructions, it's dynamic. You and I have really great health literacy. That's a mm-hmm. term we commonly use, health literacy. But, you know, when you're sick and you're half drugged out coming out, you know, coming out of the hospital, you're concerned, you're worrying about getting home, you don't have great comprehension. You don't remember all of the things that the doctors tell, doctor and nurse is speaking to you about. And so, yeah, you know, I don't think it's just for just for people with poor reading and, and you know, poor English skills. I think it's for, it's for everybody. It's for all of us. It's a must. And, and providers, if you're listening to this, what are you doing today to improve your medication adherence? Have you taken a look at all the options that are out there? If you haven't, I strongly suggest you, you take a look at what Lori and her team are up to. At the end of the podcast here, we'll, we'll provide a link for you to have a, a place to access and, and get information about the way the system works and what it could do for you and your patients. Lori, maybe you could walk us through some of the ways, maybe some of the numbers and stories of how you have improved outcomes with this system. So I'll actually all speak about some of the things that our clients have done. I haven't actually funded any studies on my own. I've just let my clients uh, sort of uh, build out various, you know, feasibility studies and uh, and, and and various uh, pilots. So University of Sciences in Philly, they did a study where they showed that patients were twice as likely to actually read medication versus standard medication instructions. Okay, so that's that's not really good enough, but it's step one: twice as likely to read. Okay. In the same study, they also showed that they had a you know much better understanding of when to take the medication, how many times a day, that kind of thing. Okay, and so improved medication and understanding. But the most important part of this study was that patients were half as likely to miss a dose. So patients that were referring to medication instructions were half as likely to miss a dose of their medication than if they were using the standard stuff that we provide them at the pharmacy and the hospital. So, you know, real impact on medication adherence. And the correlation between medication adherence and health outcomes is, is irrefutable. There was another study done at the Durham VA Medical Center. I'm actually in Durham, North Carolina, so this was kind of up the street. They did a six-month study of vets with cardiovascular disease. And at three months, okay, so just a single piece of paper, just a calendar of their meds that was automatically created from their, from their patient record in the clinic EHR, at three months, there was a 77% reduction in these vets reporting that they forgot to take their heart meds. Huge. Which is huge. 
And at six months, there were clinical trends showing decreases in patients' blood pressure and body weight. You know, but but just you know, just uh, and the PI on that study actually is wrapping up a, a three-year study of medication where we'll actually have it, uh, you know, have have study results that take us all the way to health outcomes. But we know the Amazing. correlation between health outcomes and and uh, between medication adherence and uh, and health outcomes. That's pretty amazing, Laurie. And, you know, just thinking through the aspect of, of behavior management, you know, it, it's just so hard to do. And, and, you know, you guys have kept it so simple with, hey, keep this reading level between fifth and eighth grade, make it simple, and you'll see the results. And it sounds like you guys are definitely seeing them. Yes, absolutely. There was. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you. I have to. I always have to jump in with this one because it might be my one of my proudest moments ever. Was uh, San Francisco General Hospital did a, uh, was a pilot feasibility pilot of an education, and they divided a bunch of high risk patients into a control group and a study group. Yes. So the control group received the standard medication instructions and discharge counseling. And then the study group were counseled. This was a pharmacy-led uh, study. Were counseled by pharmacists using education. So this is just really warms my, my, my little heart here. 26% of the patients that received the standard instructions were readmitted less than 30 days after they left the hospital. Hmm. 26% over a quarter. That's a way too high a number of patients back in the hospital for the same reason they came in for. Okay, so they, they left the hospital and they got sick again less than a month later. Only 8% of the patients receiving medication were readmitted within 30 days. Wow. That's a 70% difference in readmission rates. So we know, we know we can keep people out of the hospital. We know we can keep them healthy. We know we can have an impact. Because, and, it's, and it's not just the fact that they were readmitted and, uh, you know, there's probably penalties for that. But they stayed out of the healthcare system. They stayed at home. They took their meds properly. They stayed healthy. And that's, that's our core fundamental overarching objective all the time. That's amazing. And just the difference that it made, I mean, 8% versus 26%, that's huge. That's just huge. Imagine if we, imagine if we could propagate that to every healthcare institution across the country. And that's, that's what we're working on. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. And, and you know what? As the results keep coming, Laurie, I have no doubt that you guys will definitely get a foothold of the entire hospital system in the United States. And so when you guys, uh, you know, that it really helped see the way that it's laid out. Would you be able to, to share a snippet of that for the listeners so we could include in the show notes? Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. We'll, we'll make sure to do that. And so you took us down one of your proudest moments, Laurie. I feel like oftentimes we learn more from our setbacks and failures. Can you take us through a time when you had a setback and what you learned from it? Uh, you know, I always think my biggest mistake was not moving, was, was more personal than professional. I, was, I think my biggest mistake was not moving into healthcare sooner. What's the idiom? Jump, don't fall. No, yeah. I kind of fell into healthcare. I should have jumped. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, uh, but, but to your question, rather than dodging your question, you know, I completely underestimated the effort and, well, actually the imperative of integrating with EHRs. I knew it was going to be important that education be accessible from by, you know, by healthcare providers, clinicians, nurses, pharmacists from within their workflow that, you know, we just needed to look like we were part of the Epic or the Cerner or the Paragon or the Sunrise or whatever Cerner McKesson, you know, system. And so 
I just didn't recognize, you know, maybe how important that was and how much work it would be. And uh, now we're there, but probably cost me a year, probably cost me a year in uh, speed to market. But I don't know how much I, I probably could have saved myself a year if I, if I recognized it and addressed it more quickly. But the marketplace has also changed a lot. All of those names I mentioned are now, you know, many of them are opening up and making it a lot easier for third-party applications like like Meducation to integrate. So now, you know, we're, we're integrated with Cerner, really nice one there. Epic, Paragon, or what used to be McKesson Paragon, Allscript Sunrise, eClinical Works, Athena. And, uh, you know, we, we have, uh, and, and, and others that, uh, you know, so just, uh, now just basically looks almost like a feature from within those, those organizations, IT systems, which is really makes all the difference in the world to people who are wanting to use it and, you know, counting clicks, things like that. You can get yes. it down to one, two clicks. You, know, you you've won the game. That's awesome. And listeners, just a note to take here from Lori's story. Lori, thank you for sharing that. She could have saved a year and now the market is changing. So it's a testament to how fast things can move, but also how slow they can move and how planning ahead can help you really save time and and get to market faster. You shared an amazing story there, Lori. Tell us about an exciting project that you're working on today. Oh, gosh. Well, we're, you know, I told you about some of the outcomes we've had at San Francisco General Hospital. Right now, most of what we do with education relies on a healthcare provider to, you know, generate the materials and make them education instructions part of that discharge instruction package or make it make education the piece of paper that you're given when uh, medication is dispensed from the pharmacy or whatever. So we're building out now a, a bunch of patient-facing applications. Don't think about a medication reminder app. There's dozens of them out there. Mm-hmm. But we're talking because we because of our success integrating with Epic, Cerner, McKesson, Allscripts, you know, Athena, et cetera, et cetera, we have the ability to pull a patient's medication, patient's information, their medication information and other information from their healthcare record. So you know how it's traditionally been very difficult to get your own healthcare data yes. out of your healthcare provider's IT system, you know, they hide behind the HIPAA requirements and all the rest of that stuff. There's lots of good reasons why it's difficult. There's a lot of, you know, lousy reasons why it's difficult. So now we have the ability because of our, you know, relationship, I'm having overcome my, my little stumble there, with the relationship we have with these folks, these vendors, is that we can now pull a patient's information out of their healthcare record and provide it to them. So that they can, we'll present it to them in the, in the form of a very patient-friendly application, where they can see their med list, see their instructions, uh, massage it, share their healthcare data, their healthcare habits with their other providers, with their family caregivers. But we're going to, what I'm most excited about, is getting control of that data into the hands of patients, and that I think is the next phase of what we're going to be doing as the uh, healthcare industry is, frankly, evolving so fast. That's really cool, Laurie. And and as we we dive into the next phase of interoperability, we've got some deadlines coming up. Looks like 2019, they pushed it by a year to make these Mm -hmm. uh, things open. So it's pretty exciting that you guys are already working on it. And just to, to think about the power of being able to share that information. You're on vacation and you need to see the doctor. Well, just pull out your app. 
and you're able to show them exactly what you're doing. Exactly, exactly. Incredibly powerful. And, you know, the other thing is we're all becoming so much more social. The ability to share it with parents, to share it with their kids, uh, their family caregivers, for parents to, Mm -hmm. you know, we all seem to be dealing with aging parents right now. And uh, and so we want to be able to share those things and not have this onerous permissioning system that, uh, you know, really can't even share my data with my husband. I think uh, it took me, I should rewind, it took me a, took me a lot of time and, and effort to be able to share uh, data just uh, between husband and wife. I mean, that's, yeah. uh, you know, so they we're all becoming so much more social now. It's uh, that's the other aspect. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's really interesting. Glad you guys are working on that. Uh, you guys know how to stay ahead of the curve. So let's pretend you and I are building a medical leadership course, Lori, on what it takes to be successful in medicine today. It's the 101 or the ABCs of Lori McLean. And so we've got four questions, lightning round style, and then followed okay. by a book and a podcast that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? Okay. Cool. All right. What's the best way to improve health outcomes? I said it before, improve medication adherence. It is the single biggest contributor to avoidable healthcare costs in this country, which means this is where we have the greatest opportunity to improve our patient's health. What is the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? Avoid assuming that patients are like you or us. We and all our friends are college educated. We read English very well, so we're extremely healthcare literate. Okay, but 44 million adults in this country read below the eighth grade reading level. Another 28 million adults are limited to English proficient, and we have a growing elderly population with vision challenges and sometimes diminished cognitive functions. It's just one in three Americans and people in the U.S. has what's called low health literacy, and it's so it's much too easy for us to forget that a vast portion of our country and our patients are not as fortunate as us. They're not as educated as us. They're not as health literate as us. That's powerful. That's what we need to avoid. That's powerful. How do we stay relevant in healthcare despite constant change? Oh, listen to customers. I think it's not just it's not uh, not specific to healthcare. Customers are the very very best means to prioritize your development choices or opportunities. They're the best means to prioritize everything you do. What's one area of focus that should drive everything in health? Improving healthcare through understanding. I mean, everything we do here at at, uh, Meducation is about overcoming low health literacy to try to improve medication adherence. And then I won't repeat all the follow-on, the the staggering consequences that uh, could be staggeringly negative right now and could be staggeringly positive if we fix this issue. That's awesome. And Lori, what would you say a book and a podcast that you recommend to the listeners? Probably the toughest question you asked. I read it a lot. Probably the most influential nonfiction book that I've read in the last little bit was probably Thinking Fast, Thinking Slow by David Kahneman. And I really just been rereading that frequently. And then, I don't know, the most enjoyable fiction recently I was in the last year or two is probably All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Durr. Very cool. Very cool. I love it. So listeners, you'll be able to find these resources at outcomesrocket.health slash meducation. M-E-D-U-C-A-T-I-O-N. Lori, did you have a podcast that you want to recommend? I don't. I read a lot of audio books, but I'm not a podcast person. There you go. Well, it's all good. It's one of the reasons we asked the question and just want to spread the podcast love, Lori. So at least Outcomes Rocket. You recommend one for me. (laughs) (laughs) I just published uh, an article about the eight most amazing podcasts in healthcare. 
Oh, um, really? Yeah. Yeah. So I will go ahead and send you that, Laurie, and I'll also include it in the show notes, which I think you'll that enjoy very fantastic. much. Fantastic. Thank you so much. That's great. Absolutely. Laurie, this has been a ton of fun. I wish we could keep talking, but we've got the 30 minute mark here. So I love if you could just conclude by sharing a closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could get in touch with you or follow you. Well, I really, if you share my interest in uh, improving healthcare by by improving medication adherence, and we'll probably put these in the show notes as well, but I can be reached at uh, lmclean at fdbhealth.com. So that's L-M-C-L-E-A-N at fdbhealth.com or 919-653-4387. And uh, this is a there's no silver bullet out there. This is an ecosystem and a multifactorial play. Please, uh, we all work together to achieve this. Lori, it's been awesome. Listeners, she shared her best way to contact her. There's the, Here's a willing leader in health that wants to contribute to improve medication adherence with you. So take her up on it and see what happens next. And so, Lori, just want to say thank you again for making time to be with us and looking forward to staying in touch. Thank you so much for having me, Saul. Thanks for tuning in to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast. If you want the show notes, inspiration, transcripts, and everything that we talked about on this episode, just go to outcomesrocket.health. And again, don't forget to check out the amazing Healthcare Thinkathon, where you can get together to form the blueprint for the future of healthcare. You can find more information on that and how to get involved in our theme, which is implementation is innovation. Just go to outcomesrocket.health slash conference. That's outcomesrocket.health slash conference. Be one of the 200 that will participate. Looking forward to seeing you there.